0: Episode 11. We're flying now. We're full on in the double digits. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to the previous episode with uh, Ruben, uh, it was a good one. It was a lot of fun. I recommend you jump back and check that out. If you do go listen to it, uh, we try to balance the sounds as much as we could. But you know, it's fun. We're learning. And sorry about the subscribe sound that I put in, <laughs> like Mario coins <laughs> collection. I know it gave some people a bit of a fright. That's my bad. I promise to be better with that. Um, But, yeah, I think let's kick off episode 11. I think Tev will start us off today.
1: Yeah. um, As you guys know, the first section in our podcast is something we called news from around the world. So in light of it being World Cup time happening, um, last week was our special on the World Cup. We spoke about the teams. We spoke about our predictions and really just focused on the football side of things and we'd be remiss of us to not speak about the other side of it which is obviously the the politics the logistical all of those parts that make up um, the running of the world cup and obviously this is a very landmark world cup it's the first in um, an arab country or in the middle east Um, so very similar when it was in the 2010 world cup um but this time This is the first time that a World Cup is being held in a uh, an Arab country. And secondly, in a nation that is of um, Islamic faith. So that comes with a few more rules, regulations, um, the first of which is very notable and it's seen a lot of um, comments, a lot of feedback and a lot of backlash and that is um, on the human rights grounds. So there's been an objection from many parties related to the FIFA World Cup um, for it being in a country that criminalizes the LGBTQ plus community and its treatment towards women. Yeah, very notable point. we obviously know that this is a very contentious issue and it's one of the reasons that we've seen quite a few people um, boycotting the World Cup. I think the most notable uh, or prominent figures to speak out about Qatar and the the World Cup and how politics don't mix was um, the French President Macron, who believes that sports and politics shouldn't mix. Um, So let's start with that. Let me get your opinion on, firstly, just that statement. I know it's, it's come up a lot, not just in football, but in all other spheres of sport. What do you make of the statement? sports and politics shouldn't mix
0: so you and i have spoken about this um on on different occasions maybe not necessarily politics but we've spoken about like the role of celebrities um you know if you know anyone wants to go episode three i think is the one we spoke about that um and yeah I, i guess this is a is a similar kind of thing um It's quite a tricky situation because, on the one hand, I kind of agree with what Macron is saying in that sense, that it's not necessarily something that – it's not necessary that sports and politics should mix all the time. But having said that, I also think that people that are – any position, not just sportsmen, anyone that has the the space where people will listen to them and where they hold an influence, I believe you should use – not all the time, but you can use that or should use that platform to speak about things that matter. So, like in the same token, where we spoke about Kyrie Irving, how he shouldn't use the platform to to boost anti-Semitic documentaries, like he did. Yeah. In the same token, I do believe that there's a space for um, these things to be addressed. Having said that, I don't really know, um, you know, to what extent this is supposed to go. Like, how far. There were some people that were saying um Gareth Southgate should have pulled England out of the the World Cup now that just seems ridiculous to me if I don't know like it's not there it's not all these football players have this dream to go play in the World Cup um you know and it's not they shouldn't be held you know at ransom for for what's going on there and just you know like with the LGBTQ plus um thing I think that there's a lot of uh, so the whole thing is like they were saying that people won't be punished. People can express themselves as they feel fit. Um, you know, like people can hold hands, but they also just need to respect the culture in Qatar, which to an extent, of course, that makes sense as well, you know? Um, but I do think what is happening at the moment is quite, quite cool. Like, you know, England, Harry Kane has come out and said he will wear the, the armband, the rainbow flag armband, Mm -hmm. uh, uh Gareth Bale said the same thing. England actually came in a plane that was called Over the Rainbow and it on the on the tail it had uh, the LGBTQ plus flag. And I think doing stuff like that I think is good. Um but I do think it is quite tricky in general. What what are your thoughts? Like do you think in terms of like sports and politics and mixing it? What what are your opinions? Uh
1: I think there's always going to be an overlap with sports and politics. Yeah. Um also because sport isn't a, an isolated silo, you know, um, it's still part of a greatest business ultimately. And we see that, um, business more often than not comes first before any kind of social justice or social integrity, um, more often than not. I think it's very interesting, um, that in England and Wales have taken that approach. completely understand making awareness the kind of platform that they use to um educate everybody um around these um issues people being marginalized etc it is tricky because you also need to understand that in um an islamic um nation that they have their rules and regulations and it's yeah I think to an extent it's also a bit unfair to try and impose that on them i mean they're essentially yeah. welcoming other nations into their country and they said look these are our laws these are our customs this is what you guys need to be wary of it i think it's it's different had they invited everybody in and then once everybody was at the world cup and then they were kind of coming out of the laws to say yeah okay um, you're Arrested. going to find a thousand pounds because yeah. there's no handholding in public and people were completely yeah. unaware of this and didn't know what was going on. Um, so I think it is a very, a very tricky thing yeah. to, um, kind of balance out and see all sides, absolute, like there seems to be a lot more gray area in, in this kind of conversation. And, um, I think the second point I'd bring in is I think there's a bit. Um, it's a bit unfair from the Western world trying to, uh, paint this World Cup as the worst World Cup ever. Um, I mean, we haven't even gotten started with the the actual World Cup. I know there was um, a lot and notably so things that happened in the lead up to the World Cup, the migrants, uh, death, mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll touch on as one of the, um, other reasons that people wanted a boycott along with... Um, the alcohol, um, rules that I think they did yeah. a 360 on. So obviously they have the naming partner Budweiser who were the only or the sole distributor of alcohol at the venues. And that's, I think been revoked in the 11th hour, but funnily, well, funny enough, it's still available for premium hospitality members. Yeah. Everyone that's in the general, um, Eating at the matches, you're not allowed, or alcohol is prohibited, of any kind, any kind of cell, to the general public. But as soon as you've elevated yourself into the, the hierarchy ask. of um, hospitality, suddenly you're open to a few more privileges, mm. which is, mm. I find, yeah, very ironic. I think you, you need to have a, a stance, and yeah. if you've drawn the line at Alcohol will not be sold at the venues because of these reasons. And stay, stick to that. Rooted in that, yeah, you can't then be... Well, if you give me an extra twenty thousand pounds, then I'll make. Well,
0: some I was I was listening, and um, I think if you do have the time to listen to it, uh, the BBC. Um, uh, podcast they do like a whole every day they're actually doing a world cup daily episode and I'm finding it very interesting because they're also doing the same thing they're touching on football and the matters at like the um these human rights matters at the same time but you know this thing of them changing the rules for the alcohol at this at the 11th hour one of the big problems that people have is that it's not necessarily the prohib uh, like prohibiting the sale of alcohol or choosing who gets to buy and who not but They didn't really discuss it with anyone. They just made the announcement. And now this is the new rule. And a lot of people are concerned that like, okay, so for example, you've now said that it's okay for me as a whoever, let's say the LGBTQ plus community that is attending the world cup. You said it's okay for them to hold hands and show affection to a certain amount. What happens if they make a 360 on those decisions as well, just like they've done with the alcohol. And I think a lot of people are like, they're not so sure whether they're really skeptical about whether or not to go. And the fact that they're changing quite a big thing as well, to be fair, um, this late, I think that's also concerning people that, that they can just flip their stance just like that.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, uh, people need to be held in account um, for this. So there needs to be clear distinction and it kind of has to be a um, a breakdown of all of this in black and white that yeah. both has been signed off by the government by FIFA and can be distributed to media and the public alike. So, you know, exactly. Almost like a bullet the point.
0: These are the regulations,
1: da, da da Even if it's like a 10 page document that's been made public. Now everyone has the physical black and white. I know exactly the perimeters yeah. or the, the grounds in yeah. which I can operate. Should I go to, to Qatar for it? So yeah, yeah there's, um, A lot to touch on um, With the migrant workers Um, I believe it was 6,500 migrant workers That died in preparation for this World Cup um, Yeah Which is an astounding amount Honestly, Mm. what are the conditions And They touched on this briefly I don't know if you saw the FIFA Uncovered Documentary on Netflix
0: It's on my list, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I watched it recently And it um, discusses how FIFA ordinarily was just a, a sporting body. So it had a uh, select few nations who played in the World Cup. And I think it was from 94 um, when FIFA adjusted its um, perception to not just be a body, but to be a profitable company so it talks through the deals with adidas with coca-cola with the alcohol brands like budweiser and how they kept um adjusting their business their mission their values in order to become a yeah a very profitable business so it's it's really interesting to see um just how how they operate between Running of a business versus, again, like we touched on the ethics and the the human side of things. And uh, the, I'm not sure what his name is, but he was one of the um, heads of the Qatar bids. So his um, response to the migrant workers that have passed away, he firstly said that the figure has been um, bloated, amplified, exaggerated, and exaggerated um, greatly. from what it was. I think his numbers were around 35 um, that died in the construction of the the stadiums and another 35 in and around um, the nation. So it wasn't necessarily with the construction of stadiums. And he said that the nation cannot be held accountable for a private company's yeah, running of their business. So giving them judgment as opposed to the specific company whose responsibility is to look after its workers. So it being a private company that got the tender or the deal or whatever it is, they are the ones that need to be held accountable, firstly and foremost. Before I think the, take one of the
0: arguments, though, against that is kind of like, you know, you firstly, as you know, we know within these countries, all countries actually uh, the government has definitely has a right to set, uh, labor laws, right? So that's the one thing is that people are like, okay, yeah, but you can blame the the companies, but then you have two things to answer to. One, were these companies in violation of your country's labor laws? And if so, they should be held accountable by you as a country, Qatar. Two, if they are not um, like, let's say you don't have clear labor laws, then as a country, you shouldn't be giving the tenders to companies that you know are committing what's essentially called, they're calling it, in, in what is it, indentured labor, which is essentially just a modern term for slavery, you know, like, because they're saying that the people that died were working in horrific conditions. They were working in the heat, um, which, by the way, they, the players can't even, apparently these, these um, stadiums are so, like, state of the art that it's, like, air condition so it's kind of like so mm. these professionals can't play football for 90 minutes in the heat but you can expect people to work in that in that heat um you know and that and this is now summer when they were working obviously as well so yeah i think that's the argument against that it's like okay but what are qatar's laws what are protecting these people and if you're saying okay well hold you why are you holding qatar responsible you should talk to the company it's like yeah but you gave them the tender you chose that company so it feels I, – I wouldn't be surprised if the the numbers – because I also read that he was saying like uh, people were taking a whole bunch of unrelated people that maybe were working on the stadiums, but they died of like an illness or they died in a, in a car accident, and they were taking people that they were adding those numbers, lumping it all together, and he mm-hmm. was saying in the context of that, I wouldn't be too shocked to learn stuff like that. But to blame the companies, I don't know, for me – that doesn't work for me, but I, that's just me, man.
1: Yeah, I think I think everyone needs to be held um, accountable for matters like this. It's people's lives that you're dealing with here. It's not like, ah, yeah. oh, this is a contract for sweets or yeah. alcohol. As as important as that is, um, it doesn't amount to the the cost of a life. So that is something that honestly needs to be taken with more severity. And people need to own up to things like this. Um, I uh, yeah, I don't know how you feel about the World Cup. Has has any of the news, the stories, the the lead up to it deterred you from firstly watching the World Cup? Secondly, um, are you quite conflicted if you are watching the World Cup? Kind of, what's the position that you, uh, you it's, feel? That it's it's a on?
0: very tricky it's a very tricky thing. Uh, to be honest with you, like, man, I love the World Cup. I love it. I think it's such a cool. Uh, thing like I really do I think it it's so tricky I am conflicted I am a little bit conflicted about about watching it to be honest with you I think I still am going to I'm not gonna lie I think I'm still going to watch the world cup um but it is it's not an easy it's not an easy decision you know and some people will turn around and be like oh yeah you know like the same thing of a meat argument like oh like if I don't eat the cow who's who's like someone else just will kind of like what difference does it make if I don't watch, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I am a bit conflicted about this one. Having said that, you know, I haven't been, we spoke about it in the episode with Ruben and he was saying that it's lacking that feeling that a world cup usually has. Um, I don't think I'm going to watch Ecuador and Qatar play. If I'm honest with you, like <laughs> I might skip that, match, but I I do feel excited now for it. I do. I'm not going to lie. I do feel excited. And it's, um, yeah it, it's tricky it's tricky how about you do you feel conflicted or or how do you yeah, feel definitely. and maybe this can be our wrap-up question
1: yeah definitely um quite conflicted we look for social justice and we we mm-hmm. we are advocates of social justice but i'd go that far as, as saying that and like you i i've kind of centered my sporting world and interest and obviously around football. And this is uh, one of those distinctive tournaments that come around and you always have eyes for it. I mean, it's, it's the one time that you see your footballing stars possibly achieve the unachievable and yeah, yeah, Yeah. there is a lot of conflict around this. I think um, for me, there's also this world cup feels like it's a bit more, scrutiny against it. And yeah, there are some grounds for it. I think it's also um, a bit too scrutinized um, to some extent. Because if I looked at, if I take the 2010 World Cup as an example, the first in Africa, um, I don't think there was as much scrutiny around this. And in that documentary, they actually talk about how these bids came about. So 2010, uh, 2018 and 2022. They don't touch too much on the Brazil one in 2014, but um, they do say that South Africa one was bought, because um, there's a, a, a definite hierarchy when it comes to votes um, of the FIFA, what do I call it, the, the bases around the world. So obviously, you have UEFA, that's Europe, you have CONCACAF, that, uh, I think this is the Americans, you have conan ball something like that yeah um that's your north america's in the pacifics you have uh caf etc so in order to get the swaying vote or the deciding vote you had people at the top giving um bribes in order to uh swing the vote so okay yeah i will not give too much detail people should just go and watch it very interesting yeah i get a lot of insight into it Um, But I don't feel that even the South African World Cup had this much scrutiny, maybe because we didn't have as much media outlets as what we see in this day and age. But, um, yeah, I don't know if it's my inclination that because it's the Western world looking at um, the East, they just feel like there's a lot more scrutiny. Um,
0: it's it is also tricky though like because you know the climate that we live in it's there's a lot more attention to this kind of thing and funny enough i was actually saying to Katya this morning like if anything the fact that these conversations are happening to this degree is a positive thing right the fact that we're having these conversations again on this kind of platform or just amongst each other but you know it's the same thing with like tv shows like the office for example steve carell came out and he's like there's no way the offers could come out now and be as successful, based on the content of what it is. So it's like you're saying with the 2010 World Cup. It's just, it's 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 the political climate is also based on the backdrop of what's happening in the world at this moment in time. How closely we are looking at these kinds of things, but you know, just you're gonna watch, right?
1: I am gonna be. Um some, some
0: interest to the World Cup. Yeah. It's, it's so difficult as a lifelong football fan not to. I, so I like, yeah, it's difficult. And some people don't understand because they don't have the same kind of connection to football as, right. as, as us. And, you know, it's fine. Like I also, you know, I also don't like being in the position where I feel like I have to justify my choice to watch football. It just feels a bit, it's, it's hard. It's tough. Um, yeah, yeah no, I think, It's a, it is a tough one, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, that's just my final thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think you've summed it up perfectly. That's uh, the position I think a lot of us are in. um, Lots of conflict for sure. Um, But I think even in viewing the World Cup, it it won't just be the game. So everything is likely to be World Cup-centered. So even the news, watching the news, there'll still be an involvement of the World Cup. So it'll be interesting to see Everything that comes out of it, even beyond the football. So, kind of yeah. see, like, okay, last point of touch on is did you see the fans? So, there was big hype about who the fans are in Qatar to welcome their, their teams. And when people viewed or took a, a closer look of the fans, that they weren't actually people from those respective nations. So, the um, article came out that says, the, Qatar, the Qataris are hiring Pakistani um, residents to be or pose as fans. So they get paid about $10 a day and they get three meals a day to pose as fans. So if you look at the photos, it'll be Team Argentina, Team Germany, Team Spain, whatever. And it's majority, a lot of Indian gents. To what end?
0: Like, what's the point?
1: I think it's to build hype, to build an anticipation. Um, yeah, so it could for be, yeah the actual um let me call them the official supporters from these nations come in kind of have like a welcome committee so Mm. aside from the actual um individuals that are working for um fifa or qatar whatever it is to welcome the respective countries you have people to build excitement kind of get Ah, the, the hype for the tournament up yeah.
0: Well, people also spoke about the fact that Qatar's um, population is smaller than, like, London, like, and they're hosting a World Cup, you know. So it doesn't surprise me that they would need some. I know that fans are arriving. I know the, the Red Army, the Welsh guys, are supposed to be arriving tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the news will be surrounding that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we'll keep a close eye on it, I'm sure.
1: Almost oh, definitely. Um, so, again, guys, let us know your opinions. What do you feel... Um, about the World Cup Are you going to be watching it If not um, What are your reasons mm-hmm. Yeah What Yeah Give us some insights Tell us how you feel Let us know Don't forget We're on Instagram TikTok
0: YouTube uh, Google Podcasts uh, Apple Podcasts Spotify. <laughs> Spotify And, and On like, <laughs> like Comment Subscribe
1: <laughs>
0: Ding! Do uh... all the things
1: the a... <laughs> The super Yeah yeah subscribe. Yeah, 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 yeah And if you're dipping out we thank you for joining us and we'll be moving into section two of our podcast